us pray together. Lord, just like a song that we sang, let us find you in the desert to this sand is holy ground. We are completely surrendered to you, our Lord, and our friend, our King, our everything. Heavenly Father, we're reminded here today that my thoughts, your thoughts, God, are nothing like our thoughts. Says the Lord, and my ways, your ways, Lord, are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Heavenly Father, we surrender ourselves to you at this very moment. We come to you completely surrendered, pulling all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our crowns and our victories and our achievements. We lay them all down at your feet, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. Lord, won't you take all the glory in this place, in this service. And God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts for those who will be listening here today. Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, of God, for you are rock and our redeemer. Lord, each and every single day, help us to approach your throne with true humility, not with fake humility, not pretending to be humble, but Lord, true brokenness before you, knowing that, God, that you are in full control, and that at the end of the day, God, we are nothing compared to your eternal glory, God. We are here for one thing and one thing alone, is to lift up our hands and worship you in spirit and truth, to know our Lord and our Maker, to know our God, the one who loved us and the one who died for us. So God, help us to surrender ourselves to you and to lay down all of our worries and all of our achievements at your feet. May you take all the glory in this small service that we offer to you, God. May your name be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, God bless you, everyone. Let's take a moment to greet our neighbors at this time. And let's get in with today's message. <clears throat> let's all talk about the title. Uh, we are still in our authentic Christian Christianity series. We're continuing on with the story of David, David's legacy. And the title of today's message is called, When in Your Off Season. When in Your Off Season. Prophet Nathan introduced. When in Your Off Season. Let's begin with our main passage here today, which is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 through 17. And then 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18 to 29. And in the end, I would like to tie that passage with the prayer that I prayed in the beginning, which is found in Isaiah chapter 55, which I'm going to say at the end of the message. But let's begin with 2 Samuel chapter 7. Verse 1 through 17 first. The title says, God's promise to David. Starting with verse 1. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, 
Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. Verse 4, But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, This is what the Lord says, Are you the one to build a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of the rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Verse 8, Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Amen. We see that David is in a time of peace. He is at a time of rest. And we know the context here, there's no war going on, that David is in his off season. And again, first time, Prophet Nathan here is mentioned, where it says in verse 1 and 2, after the king, the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him. He said to Nathan the prophet, here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. We understand the context is that David is in a place of rest. He did not have any enemies around him. So this season that David was in was a season of peace. It was an off-season, a season where David rested. So starting right away with point number one is this. When in your off-season, stay in shape. Stay in shape. I put it in quotation because as Christians, there is no such thing as an off-season. But when you're in a place of rest and at peace, 
when you're not really fi fighting crazy battles in your spiritual life, that's when you must stay alert. Stay in shape. Important to note here, for the first time in David's life, he is resting. And when people retire and when people rest, they age faster, right? Meaning after all the fighting, David is finally resting. And as Christians, when we stop fighting, we lose our focus. Therefore, as Christians, we must always have a fighting mentality in and off season. We know that when we are rested, which is good to rest, but when our mind isn't sharp in this season of our lives, when we feel that not much is happening, when there's no missions, when there are no retreats, when there's no really a full vision of what we're doing for this year, especially with the pandemic and everything, that is a time where you can stay sharp and be the most sharp that you've ever been. We know the story of 9-11. We know the story of Pearl Harbor. 9-11 in 2001, good evening today, our fellow citizens. Our way of life and our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen, and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. Terror comes in an instant. Car crash comes in an instant. Therefore, when we're driving, we must be alert, not be texting, not being distracted. We must understand that the enemy out there, 1 Peter 5, that we have an enemy that prowls around like light over our lion, because he is not the true lion. Our God is the lion of the king. He is the true lion. He is just a pretender, a counterfeiter. The devil prowls around the world, all around the world over the waters, over other countries, in all the places to devour Christians, to destroy Christians. And in Pearl Harbor, we know that happened in 1941. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. This is only 20 and 80 years ago. We must be alert and we must be ready. First Peter 5, what I mentioned briefly earlier, but one way read the verses before and after. Let's go to verse 6 to 11. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Point number one, 
when in your off season, stay in shape. Leading on to point number two, when in your off season, do not outgrow your coach. Who is our coach? Our coach is our Lord, Jesus Christ. Never outgrow your God. Starting with subpoint letter A, inquire of the Lord. Inquire. This is the first time where David, he does not consult with God. Remember in the past, when he was young, before he became the king, he always consulted the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. This is the first time, actually, where David does not inquire of the Lord. David doesn't. And David, in some ways, you could say, he overgrew God. Now that he is a king, and now that he has some sort of stability on this earth, in this earthly short life. He has forgotten to seek God, to inquire of God. Many of you, before you had your jobs, you were desperate, you were on your knees praying, asking God, please show me the way. We were desperate when we needed it. We prayed to Him, we cried out to Him. And now that you have gotten it, you have overgrown get grown comfortable. Never outgrow God. Inquire of the Lord. This must not be for a Christian man and woman of God. And it was clear here that David was not the man to build the temple of God. God rejects this idea. Why? It's a noble act, but why? Because David was a warrior who shed too much blood. It was important to God that the temple that was going to be built, it had to be with innocent hands, clean hands. We cannot have blood on our hands. First Chronicles chapter 22, 8 is mentioned briefly. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 3 is mentioned briefly. It's not on the screen, but just to give you reference, it says, The world of the Lord came to me, you have shed too much blood, and I fought many wars. You are not to build a house in my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. It's talking to David. You are not to build a house in my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Jesus Christ, yes, he is a warrior, he is a spiritual warrior, but he was shalom, peace, God of peace, God of love, a light that showed the way to love our enemies and to forgive those who hurt us. That's why Peter went with the sword and struck the servant's ear. Jesus stop. no violence, shalom. So again, inquire of the Lord. David was not the man, was not the person to build the temple. There are a lot of things that we want and we try to pursue, but that is not what God wants for you. You must stay in our name and inquire of the Lord and ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do 
in this life, in this particular season, the season that I'm in. So again, letter A, inquire of the Lord. Letter B, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Letter C, and last point here, obey the Lord. We must obey our coach. We must wait on our coach. We must inquire of the Lord. Our God, our King, our coach, we are reminded that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are two types of athletes that we see. The ones who stay loyal and is true to their longtime coach, or those who ditch their old coach and they go from coach to coach, from different camps to camps. But as Christians, we must remain loyal to our main coach. And his name is Jesus Christ. Our God is the King. He is our coach. We must obey the Lord by obeying his word. Again, point number C, obey the Lord. How we ask? By obeying the Lord. Obey the Lord by obeying his word. We turn to our neighbor and say, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord by obeying his word. By obeying his word. Amen. Amen. Obey by obeying his word. Because God's plan, his plans are always greater, always better for our lives. As I mentioned earlier, David wanted to build a temple for the Lord, but it was not his job, it was not his time, because he was a warrior. He had too much blood in his hands. God wanted his son, Solomon, to be the one to build the temple for his people, for the Lord. Because that temple was a symbol that God was showing. And what's amazing here is that David, he's not stubborn. He does not disobey. David completely obeys God. David does not go beyond God's commands. Nothing more, nothing less. Because David, God had a better plan. God had a different plan for David. Through twists and turns, God had a plan, a greater plan. And what was that plan? To be the direct descendant. The one who comes from, and his name is Jesus Christ. Who will come to this earth to live and to die on the cross. And who will reign for all of eternity. That is what it meant, that his descendants, the descendant of David, will reign forever and ever. Going back, all the way back to Abraham. Going to verse 11 to 13. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And we learn in Acts chapter 2, in verse 29 to 36, it says, Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently 
that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. That's the promise that we just read that God would give to David. Seeing, verse 31, what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. We are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be a share of this. God has made this Jesus whom we crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So through the descendant of David, we see the Messiah that comes, the promise that's fulfilled for all of humankind, for all of us, so that we can have life and life to the full. Acts chapter 2, verse 29 to 36. So in our own lives, may we never forget that God has a greater plan and a greater purpose for our lives. That when God says no, doesn't mean that God is rejecting you, but that God has something better in store for you. It's like that image that we, that Angela used to have, I think, in one of our cacao pictures, but it's a picture of uh, a little girl holding a teddy bear, and then Jesus has a huge, a bigger teddy bear behind his back. Just give it to me, and just trust me. Just give it, and I have something better in store for you. And David, he listens. He humbles himself. And he follows the way that God had in store. God, his plans are much greater than our small earthly plans. Meaning to obey God, it also means to accept his no as well. To obey God is to accept his no's. And later you will see in the prayer of David, in verse 18 to 29, it's a beautiful prayer of David. It's a humble prayer of David. It reveals King David's obedience to God. Which leads to our last point here, point number three. When in your off-season, turn back to the Lord. Turn back to the Lord. The scripture that I want to mention here is found in Revelation chapter 2. Scripture that we've been doing in our Bible study. One of the churches, Ephesus, it says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. Yet persevere and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the law you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So, so point A, love him. When in your off season, turn back to the Lord. Letter A, love him. 
It says in verse 4, you have forsaken the love you have at first. Love Him. Remind yourself that Jesus, He is your first, the middle, and the last. He is the food that we eat and the drink that we drink, the breath that we breathe. Without Him, we have no life. Without Him, we have no hope. No hope for our past, no hope for our present, no hope for our future. So let our A, love Him. Let our B, remember Him. Remember Him. It says in verse 4, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Remember Him. Don't forsake the first love, the love of your life which is Jesus Christ himself. Let us see, consider him. Which says in verse five, consider how far you have fallen. And let us see, repent to him. Repent and do the things, verse five says, you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And in closing, I'm closing with this last point here. Letter E is this. Pray to him. And this is where I'm going to complete the main passage. Earlier on, I read verse 1 through 17 about David's desire to build a temple for the Lord. He doesn't inquire of the Lord, therefore God has to speak through Nathan. And this is important because later, when David falls with Bathsheba, Prophet Nathan is the one that confronts King David. And Prophet Nathan will play a crucial role in bringing David back to the right place in his relationship with God. David wants to do the right thing. Prophet Nathan says, go. That's good, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But God has to come in and speak through Prophet Nathan to go and tell my servant David, you are not the one to build a temple for my house. For you have too much blood in your hands. But I have a greater plan a greater purpose in store for you, David. Do your descendants, your own flesh and blood, I will establish my kingdom forever, and your offspring will succeed you, and the one who will build a house for my name forever and ever. He's talking about the coming Messiah. And when Prophet Nathan tells that to David, King David, how does David reply? David doesn't go, No, Lord, I want to do the right thing. And his stubbornness goes ahead and does it. He humbles himself and he listens and he prays to the Lord. And at the end of the day, no matter where we are in our lives, you must pray to God and inquire of the Lord. In the beginning, David doesn't inquire, he doesn't pray. But in the end, 
he prays. He turns back to God. You know, it's not about how hard you hit or how strong you are. But how hard do you get hit? And can you get back up and continue on? You may have started today without prayer. You may have started off on the wrong side of the bed. But how will you end your day? Will you end your day away from God as you did in the beginning? Or will you end your day turning back to the Lord by praying to Him and inquiring of the Lord? Yes, we sin before the Lord this week because we have not, we didn't seek His face. And we try doing things in our own stubborn way. But today is a new day, men and women of God. What will you do right now in this very moment while you have breath, while you are alive in this very present time? Will you end your life with prayer, turning back to the Lord as David did and as we're about to be right here? Or will you be stubborn and continue living your stubborn life? Try to make things happen in your own strength. When it's all in vain and you will fail. Listen to God, for He has a clear instruction for your life in the direction that you need to go. Be humble as David was and follow Him. Follow Him now while God has shown His grace and His mercy. And that's the point here, and I'm closing with this, is letter E, pray to Him. And this is one of the most beautiful prayers that is found in the scripture. I love when they record the prayers of these individuals. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus, her prayer. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, her prayer. Just a heart of brokenness and honesty. A true heart's desire that desires to see God. How honest are your prayers in your journals? How honest are your prayers before the Lord? Pray to Him, but He may be found. Verse 18, it says, David's prayer. And keep in mind, it's mentioned almost more than 10 times the word servant. Keep in mind, He is the king at this time. But he calls himself a servant before the Lord. Shows the humility of David. Verse 18 says, Then King David went in and sat before, sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I, Lord? Who am I? Sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And if this were not enough in your sight, Sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, Sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can I, David, say to you? For you know your servant, Sovereign Lord, for the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing. It may be known to your servant. How great you are, Sovereign Lord. 
There's no one like you. There's no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself. And to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people, whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of his servant David was established in their sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you, so your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God, your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, Sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Amen. Two things that stick out for me here is Sovereign Lord, Sovereign Lord, and the word servant. Sovereign Lord, I am your servant. Your child. Pray to him as David prayed. Even when God says no, he has greater things in store for you. His ways are greater than our ways, it says in Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. David realized and he recognized that he must follow God's lead, not his own. David realized that God was in full control from his past to the present as he's praying right now in this very moment and for his future. For David, it was never about what he wanted, but what God had in store, what God had wanted for his purpose and for his glory. At the end of the day, we are here for one thing and one thing alone, Jonathan, our meaning is to know God and to be known by our God. To be known by Him and to have a relationship with Him. And things may not have gone our own way or the way that we had dreamed it would go. Maybe our family and our workplace and the things that we imagine it's not in the place where we want it. For in your own personal life, 
and the stage that you are in your life, you may not be where you had imagined when you were young. But God is never in delay. He is always on time, and He is always in His time. And we must wait faithfully for His timing, for His ways and His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. With that, I would invite you here today to just bow your eyes with me, close your eyes, and to bow your heads with me. And with hearts of humility, and with hearts of surrender, and as I invite the praise team to come up, can we just still our hearts our lives and as David had prayed we trust God with all of our heart, soul mind and strength can we rely on him not in our own skills or in our own accomplishments and achievements but may we surrender to the living God right now at this very moment. So in the whispers of our hearts, we just come together as a church, not also as an individual. We pray to our living God. Let's pray to
Amen. 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 Amen.